This, this is God Stories Radio Podcast. God Stories Radio With Fritz, Mike, and Tina. Hi, everyone. I'm Barbara Beck, host of Welcome Home on Good Life 45. And you're listening to my good friends, Fritz, Mike, and Tina, right here on God Stories Radio, bringing hope, comfort, and encouragement to the world through the power of the Christian testimony. This is session 219. I'm Fritz. I'm not Mike. And I'm not Tina. We got a room full of dudes tonight, man. This is awesome. <laughs> and our guest is not our guest, but he is the guest tonight. I will be for tonight. You're right. You betcha. Can't wait, man. Ray, how you doing, buddy? Doing good, doing good. Ray was with us last week, and um, he uh, was with uh, our guest, uh, Mr. Chris Miller. Who is also shout out to Chris Miller tonight because he was a like, our Woo-hoo! only Facebook like. All right, and, Chris. Uh, yeah. I mean, that puts us at 797. Oh, just, just three away. Three away from that 800, 800. And that is the voice of my right-hand man at FUMC. That is Mr. Joseph Ormsby sitting in for Mikey tonight. Good to be here. Yeah. So, it, man, that's a good voice, bud. I, I like try. It. Trying to keep up with you. Wow. Yes, it's Guy's Night Out here on uh, God Stories Radio. And we're happy to be here, and there's people logging on. We want to welcome everybody on Mixler. Mr. Robert Herman, I see you, buddy. Thanks for hanging out and uh, waiting for us to start. We start at 7.30. It used to be 7 back in the day, but that was really kind of too early because I couldn't get Mikey here and get his coffee and have him settle in, and he wants to talk a little bit and, you know. You gotta do it. Gotta I can blame coffee. it all on him. Yeah, let's be honest. Not... You just grew up enough that you can stay up later. <laughs> <laughs> we love us some coffee around here at the GSR. So, uh, well, usually at this time we we just wrap about things. Uh, Ray, anything going on over there in your life? Uh, any uh, notables? No, uh, just got out of a meeting on uh, a road they want to bring out through our neighborhood, out by our our property, and. Uh, Still, everything's in limbo. Even once they make a decision, that you know they say it can change. So, we're just been praying about that. You know, if this is where God wants us to be, this is where we'll be. If He wants us to move on, then He'll bring the road. Amen to that. He'll do it. Joe, first time in the studio. Welcome. Hey, thanks. It's uh, great to be here. Fritz. Glad to have you, buddy. Uh, what's going on this week? Uh, anything, you know, it's any uh, notables. Nice week. I got to go out to Atlanta, take a quick trip for business, and uh, we had a phenomenal round interviewing some new candidates. Looks like we'll get some new folks on the team. Uh, but uh, 
for once, I'm here on a Thursday night and excited to be here with you. I know it, man. There's no uh, no, uh, no surprises when the Lord's involved. It's all in his timing. You know, we've asked people, and then it's not till a couple of years later that they actually come. Yep. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, Bob. Yep. Yeah, that would be me. Okay. But we're glad you're here the just the same. Amen. Well, uh, Bob is here tonight, who is the father of uh, Jennifer, Jennifer, who was going to be our guest, but had to reschedule for, for different reasons. I think uh, sporting events and, yes. and yep. such. Yep. So her father uh, called and said, hey, can I come in her place? And we said, absolutely. We'd love to have your testimony. And uh, as it would have it, it turned out to be Guy's Night Out here at GSR. Yeah. So yep. we're having a ball. So... Uh, Gosh, when I met Bob, I think it was singles ministry, right? back. Oh, no, it was before that. We met at uh, Divorce Care. Oh, yeah, that's, that's right. That's where we met was over at Divorce Care. In Divorce Care. Yep. Oh, boy, was that a rough season. Yep, yep, sure was. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. Yeah, we'll leave it at that. <laughs> but I, I love those brothers, uh, Mark Sinclair and, uh, oh, what was his name? Tim. Tim. And Last name is escaping the, me. The, um, the blonde. It was actually his co-host on Solomon's Porch Radio. Nope. Drawing ah, a blank. Oh, shoot. I've had them both on here, too, on GSR. But anyway, we love and appreciate them. And uh, they were uh, instrumental in, in giving us encouragement. Yep, definitely <laughs> in was. In that time yeah. of need, to say the least. Well... All right. Well, uh, I did already shout out Mr. Chris Miller, who was our guest last week. He liked us on Facebook. And if I could get three more by the time the the show is over, we'd be at 800. And that just blows my mind. I'm not a numbers guy, but I love to see. It's just phenomenal what the Lord is doing. Fritz, speaking of numbers, any new countries this week? Oh, boy. Put you on the spot there. No, I'll have to look. I'll I'll answer that later. Hopefully I could say yes. Without further ado, Mr. Bob Gendron. 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 That's all right. God, I can't believe I butchered that That's after all, right. all this time. Don't worry about it. It's all good. <laughs> Bob, um, welcome to the show, buddy. We really, really appreciate you coming in. Thanks, Fritz. I'm glad you guys were able to uh, plug me in on the last minute. Um, as we, as Fritz was saying a little bit earlier, um, when God Stories Radio first started out, um, been over five years now. And, um, Mike had asked me several times at that time to come on and, um, I guess I wasn't ready. Um, and as we always say, it's, you know, it's in God's timing. Amen to Um, that. And that's why I'm here. Um, it just worked out to be perfect. So what I'm going to basically do like everyone else does is I'm going to start way back in the beginning. Um, I grew up as a, as a young kid, I was, uh, born and raised as a Catholic, as many, seems like many people were. Um, I remember, um, you know, church wasn't an every week thing uh, in the household. Um, I guess it's probably more like Christers as as they're called now, Christmas and Easter. Um, as, as I became a teenager, and again, as most Catholic boys do, you know, you, uh, become what's called an altar boy. And, um, I recall very vividly, uh, asking our, uh, father, father Dejaden is what his name was up in uh, Manchester, New Hampshire at the time. And, uh, 
remember setting up two different meetings with him because I was really confused. Um, and what I was confused about was here I am serving as an altar boy. And yet I don't feel any connection. I don't feel like, um, like I know God, I feel like I'm going through the motions. Um, and I was trying to get some answers for that. The amazing part for me is, especially now that I look back on it, um, each time I went in with questions, I walked out more confused than what I went in for. Um, and again, at the time, it, it was kind of like one of those things, all right, I guess it is what it is. Um, I felt even at that time that I had a relationship with God because, uh, again, you know, just, just looking back and thinking about times when I was you know, young and at that age, um, I remember um, praying and I remember God answering prayers in so many different ways. Um, but again, that's, that's the way it was. Uh, so, you know, fast forward, um, getting, getting ready to get married. Uh, I was uh, actually engaged to someone and again, it, there was something that just didn't feel right. Uh, but yeah, again, we were engaged. It was one of those things that kind of like the process was going on. Mm -hmm. I remember, sure. I remember praying and saying, you know, you know, if this isn't supposed to be, I, I need, I kind of like need a way out. I can't just, you know, and as, as God does things, um, you know, the way out was provided, unfortunately, um, I had basically caught her in, in various different lies. Um, and it got to a point where I just, that trust was gone. I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't uh, move forward with it. Um, we ended up splitting up. Uh, I then met, uh, my wife or my, actually my ex-wife now, uh, we got married. Uh, and it's kind of funny because, uh, again, being Catholic, um, I had gone through, um, you know, all the, the sacraments up to that point, uh, including being confirmed, confirmation, um, the next step was marriage. Um, my ex-wife wanted nothing to do with uh, a Catholic wedding. Um, she wasn't Catholic. Uh, she'd gone to different types of churches and uh, wanted nothing to do with, you know, being married in a Catholic church. Uh, I was okay with not being married in a Catholic church, but for me, it was important to be married before God, family, and friends, specifically in that order. So I went, I went about and, and found a church uh, that would actually marry us. Uh, we got married in a Baptist church up in, up in Manchester, New Hampshire. Um, we ended up, uh, again, we got married in a Baptist church. Everything was what I thought everything was, was you know, uh, going really well. We end up moving, fast forward, we moved down here to Florida in the, uh, 2002, uh, March, yeah, March 2002, we moved down to Florida. Now, you got to understand something. Coming into Florida, church wasn't big in our, and in, in now with my, my ex-wife and I, church wasn't really, it wasn't involved. I mean, we went to a Lutheran church a couple of times, um, but that was really the extent of it. There was no church. Um, again, I, in my mind anyway, um, I still had that relationship with God. Again, um, God, God was very, very evident in my life. He had answered several prayers, uh, and it was clear that it was, that those prayers were answered. There was no doubt in my mind. Um, again, it was a struggle always getting 
my ex-wife to go to church. I didn't feel comfortable and, and I didn't feel comfortable going to church alone. I felt like as a married man, I should be able to have my wife with me. It wasn't the case. So I, I just stepped back. I didn't go. Um, that's not on her. That's on me. I take ownership of all of this. Um, one day she comes in, comes home and uh, she says to me, she goes, Hey, she says, uh, I'm going to be going to a church with a friend of mine, somebody she had worked with. And, you know, just in my head, I'm going, great. I can't get you to go to church, but you're going to go with her. So she goes and she comes back, um, talks about uh, what a you know great church it was, great service. You'd really like it. You got to, you know, think about coming out. So I thought about it. Now, you got to understand something. Um, again, I grew up in New Hampshire um, back in the 70s, 80s. There was a lot of um, this born-again Christian going on. And up in New England, um, you know, born-again Christian was considered a cult. That's what a lot of, that, that was the stigma that it had. Uh-huh. Okay? Whether it's right or wrong, that part is irrelevant. That was how I grew up. Sure. So now here we are, and she's going to church, and she's loving it, and goes the second week in a row comes back and she goes, oh, she goes, you really got to come with me. It's great. And oh, by the way, I'm going to a Bible study. Mind blown. Because again, <laughs> I mean, I can't get her to go to church. And yet now she's talking about going to Bible studies. Growing up as a Catholic, you didn't open the Bible. The Bible was set there, but it very rarely got touched. Well, you, you opened it to fill out the family tree. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You might be right there. <laughs> yeah. I take it you're also a former Catholic. Okay, so you understand where I'm coming from. Absolutely. So, you know, again, I, I'm kind of confused. I'm kind of, and I'm very cautious because of the whole born again Christian thing. I really need to be careful, you know. So, I, um, third week that she decides to go, I decide that I'm going to go. Um, now, again, uh, growing up as, as a Catholic, you know, you know, I didn't necessarily look for my Sunday best, so to speak, uh, but I made sure that I felt like I was dressed appropriately. I mean, I had a pair of khaki pants on. I had, you know, some uh, casual shoes on, not sneakers and button down shirt. And we're going to this church. Well, uh, I, we pull into the parking lot. We pull off this little side street here in Claremont. Um, and we pull into a dirt parking lot. And I, again, now I, the whole um, cult thing cult thing is just running rapid through my head. So I pull in and we park and I get out of the car and we start walking over. And I don't know if you guys are familiar with real life back when it was off of Hook Street. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's where we were going. Okay. So as you know, as I walk in and again, this isn't anything that I've ever seen because I get out of the car and I'm looking around and it was in, it's probably September, October because, you know, people are running around with their football jerseys on and they're running around in shorts and flip flops. And I'm going, what in the world am I getting myself into? (laughs) But again, trying to keep an open mind, we go in. Um, when you walked in, they had the children's ministry on the left and the church was on the, on the right. So, and you know, people are all talking and hugging and, and, you know, shaking. It's just really loud. And again, coming from Catholic background, you go into church and you whisper. That's how you talk here. We're inside and it's 
like a party. It was kind of interesting, you know? <laughs> um, but the, the, the main thing that stuck out in me when I walked in, even with all what I considered to be ruckus at the time, I felt God's presence. And it was incredible, that feeling that I had as I walked in. Yeah, um, you know, they, they came out, everyone kind of settled in and then, you know, the band came in and I mean, it was just, it was great. It was awesome. And as I said, you could feel God's presence. Uh, this was, uh, I think it was probably, um, 2007 or 2008 when this happened. Um, I ended up, that became my home church. It literally became my home church. Um, loved going there. Uh, how, spoke, did the, how did the wife handle that, you know, uh, change from? She was good with it. Oh, okay. No, she was good with it. She, you know, she, this was, you know, again, it's not Catholic. And in her opinion, um, Catholic was like an, uh, like an aerobic exercise. Stand up, sit down, kneel down, stand up, sit down, kneel down. That, that's what she did. Um, and that's one of the reasons why she really wanted no part of it. You know, and again, uh, there was the, the message that you get from the priest. Again, you walk out of church feeling more confused than you do uh, being touched. Is it just the priest that does a little smoky thing or do you get you get to do that? No, that's just the priest. Yeah. OK. Yep. Yep. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. The altar boys <laughs> got to carry the candle in in yeah. the beginning. But oh, okay. no, not the smoky no, thing. No yeah. Smoky thing. Yep. Yep. Uh, OK, so. At uh, around this, around 2009, um, or not around, 2008, um, my wife and I decided that we were going to be baptized. Now, again, for me, this was a huge step because coming from Catholicism, I was baptized as a, as a, as a baby. Um, through reading and learning uh, through scriptures, I realized that, you know, I need to... I, I need to be baptized um, to continue my faith, my, my walk with God. Uh -huh. um, so we got baptized, um, and that was that was awesome. Uh, now, were you baptized at real life? Was baptized at real life. Yeah. Um, actually, was we were baptized. Um, I it was the first Sunday, um, first Sunday, excuse me, first Saturday night in two thousand nine. We were the first ones to be baptized for the new year. Um, huh. so that was, yeah, that was, that was pretty cool, you know? Um, uh, and then as I say that, um, May 2009, same year is when my ex-wife and I separated and ultimately divorced in 2011. Again, um, life circumstances, life happens is really the reason why it kind of took so long, um. We get along great today. We, we always have, you know, uh, I say we always have. I mean, we had our moments, obviously, but, you know, we get since, you know, we've gotten along great. And that's a, a great relationship that, uh, you know, God has definitely nurtured through the years. And I'm grateful for that. There's not a lot of people that can say that, Bob. That's, yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, it's funny because when we were married, there, there were a lot of things that we used to say. Um, and, and one of the things was always that, you know, not that we, not that we ever spoke about getting divorced, but you know, yeah, we were married for twenty years. Um, you, know, we had a lot of friends that got divorced, and 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 the and the kids became, um, the wedge. You know, the kids were used. Oh yeah. And and and, and yeah. we had yeah. we'd always said, I don't get that. 
you know, when you have kids, even though you get divorced, you're going to be part of each other's lives the rest of your life, whether you like it or not. Yeah, that's true. Why not make the best of it? Right, right. You know, my daughter um, has two kids. That makes us grandparents. In order to be part of their lives, we got to be able to get along. And again, we're fortunate that we do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Praise the Lord. That's a, I mean, that's something a lot of people can't say. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, it's 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 a great situation. Fantastic. You know. Um, so, 2011, the divorce finally the the divorce became final. Um, I had been really once when we separated. Let me let me back up. 2009, May 2009, we separated, um, and from May, probably from May to May to April, May to August. Um, again, I had been married 20 years. Um, when we separated, it was kind of like um, I'm a single guy again. I want to check out the action. I want to see what's going on. Uh, keep in mind, I a worked. A lot of things change after 20 years. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Try, oh, that the part I know. The scene was yep. probably a lot oh, different than you. Oh, it was definitely you, a lot. Uh... Yep. A lot. <laughs> wasn't anything I had envisioned. No. Um, I had worked, at the time I was working for Frito-Lay, um, I was a route sales driver, which meant that driving was something I did every day. All those displays and, and merchandise that you see at like Publix or any of the supermarkets, that would be all built by me as the sales rep. So I sold it in. I displayed it and I kept it up. Well, that was some hard okay. work there. Then you, you got up it, in uh Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean it was crack of three thirty probably uh, or so and three thirty I was already on the road, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so um and again I say that to to get to the next part here in that um again, this isn't something I'm proud of. This is just something that had happened. So uh I I now have this new life as I'll call it. Uh, I have, I work Sunday through Thursday. Most days I'm out of work by two o'clock. Um, when I get out on Thursdays, I don't go back to work until Sunday, which meant I had Thursday night, Friday night, and part of Saturday because Sunday I would actually sleep in. Um, so I started uh, on Thursday nights. I'd get off work. I'd go home. I'd take a nap. I'd meet a buddy of mine over at the Ale House in Ocoee, and we pretty much would close it. Uh, drive home from Ocoee back into Claremont, which is probably, what, uh, 15 miles, yeah. 20 miles, um, in conditions that I should not have been driving. Um, and again... You we know, don't have any idea what you're talking about. <laughs> Um, but the catch is, is that this, this was more, this was becoming a regular habit. I mean, it was, it was getting to the point now where I was looking to, what could I do on Friday night? Right. Meaning going into Orlando. Sure. Um, now I got a, I got a quick question for yep, you yep. at, at this time mm -hmm. when you're split up and you, you were still going to church at the time. Yep. Now, was there any point in there where you were upset with God or felt like he abandoned you or didn't give you what you wanted or, you know, where, where was your walk at that point during this time when you kind of broke off and started doing the more, you know, worldly things and stuff? 
it was, um, I was going through the motions. Uh, I wasn't angry at God. Um, looking back on it, there were obviously plenty of things that in my mind, I, I, you know, questioned or wondered. Um, but again, I mean, I, I, you know, I, I continued to go to church, um, continued to talk with him, but it, it, it was, it was on a, a, a different level. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, again, I knew God hadn't abandoned me. Right. Um, I got home from those nights leaving Ale House by the grace of God. Right. I, there's no doubt about it. Uh, there, there, there are times where I woke up. Um, I was uh, actually staying with uh, some friends and woke up on Friday morning, looking around, going, "How did I get here? How did I get here?" Yeah. And I walked outside and I looked at my car and I went, "I parked like that. Yep. How did I drive?" Yeah. Um. You know. So, you know. Again, I, I went through the motions. Right. Is right. is what I was doing. Um. I'm sitting at church on a Saturday, um, and now real life has moved from this little location over on Hook Street to their current location up on Stevens Stevens Road now. And um, sitting here, and and um, I had they do like some I, I call it advertisements, but they're they're uh, they're showing just some different. Um, life groups that are coming up or things that are going on within the church and, and, uh, one of the, I'll call it an ad. One of the advertisements that came up was, uh, for this, uh, life hurts, God heals. And it was uh, a program for teenagers, uh, basically from 13 to 18. And, uh, you know, what it was, was, uh, you know, again, life hurts, God heals. There's, there's just these kids that are suffering, going through things and they were looking for adults to kind of like be mentors. And, you know, that caught my eye. And that was going to be done on Friday nights. And I was like, wow, that would be, that's, that's one of those things that might, you know, kind of help me out, get out of this funk that I'm getting myself into. Because again, if I get stopped, I lose my job. There's no questions about it. Oh, yeah. You know? And you, um, you said you were looking for things to do on a Friday night. And, and it, that was it, you know? Um, but again, I was just like, huh, interesting. And then one night I show up at the bowling alley and they got the uh, fall sign-up sheets coming out and uh, they got a Thursday night league. And I was like, whoa, Thursday nights. I could do bowling Thursday night. Yeah, they got the bar there, but at least I'm closer to home. I got to justify things. <laughs> and again, I'm being real here. Okay. We've all done it, pal. But, hey, but I could do this. We have a friend left that we can justify anything. Yeah. So yeah. You yeah. better believe Understand. It. Yeah. So I could do this on Thursday nights and then I could do, you know, um, Life Hurts, God Heals on Friday nights. And then by the time they get out on Friday nights, um, you know, I'm not looking to go to Orlando at that point in time at night because, you know, we're, we're probably going to be done, you know, probably 9, 30, 10 o'clock. And yeah, I know that's when all the kids are heading out to the downtown Orlando, but uh, I'm not a kid. Uh, I'm not old, but I'm not a kid uh, in my mind anyway. Sure. So anyway, so I, again, I'm just kind of pondering it. And uh, that's my, uh, as, as Mikey likes to say, that was my two by four moment. That's one of my two by four moments. Um, because, you know, again, there was one day that I'm thinking about it and it was just one of these, you know, God just shouting at me going, uh, how much more do I got to be 
with you here to say you need to do this. You know? So I reached out to uh, the person that was going to be running Life Hurts God Heals and uh, said I'd be interested. She says, great, I'm going to email you um, like a sign-up sheet and there's some questions I want you to answer. All right. No big deal. Huh? I get the email. I open up the email. Um, there's not questions in this thing. There is... Um, They want to know, she wants to know my life. She wants to know what hurts am I hanging on to or hangups do I have or any, and I'm just, I'm looking at this. I'm like, no, I, I, no desire, no desire to do this. And again, God, as, as only God can do, he, he whacks me upside the head again. And I, before I know it, I'm sitting here and I'm just filling it out and I hit send. And then I get a response back saying, Hey, can we meet on Sunday? All right, so we meet up on Sunday after I get out of work. I meet meet up with her, and we're talking. And 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 uh, she goes, "Yeah, I'd like to have you have you uh, join our our uh, our program." And I kind of looked at her and I went, "I got a question for you." She's like, "What's that?" I said, "That whole email that you sent out, you didn't ask me about any of that." And she goes, "Yeah," she says, "That's kind of one of those things that she goes we send out." Because you'd be surprised what people, how people answer that. And she says, to be honest with you, she says, what we're doing with these teenagers is we want to be able to help them along. She goes, and what we found is, is that if you have an adult who has, uh, yeah, again, anything, it can be an addiction, it can be a hang up, it can be a hurt. Before you know it, they're sharing that with the kids and they're not, they're not helping the kids out. Right. She says, I can, you know, clearly tell that, you know, just by talking with you and, and your responses, she goes that you're going to be okay. Right. All right. Great. So I, I go with that. Um, now when I'm talking with her, I, I, I want to be in the background. I have no desire to be up in the front. I, you know, I'll help out wherever you need me to help out. I just don't want to run anything. Uh -huh. I kind of want to feel my way through things. And this was all kind of new to me as far as being involved like this with the church and, and whatnot. Sure. And uh, she's like, okay. And this is a 13-week program. So we're in about week, I don't know, eight. And I get an email message from uh, Suzanne. And she's like, hey, she goes, uh, I need you. I, I got a favor to ask you. She goes, I'd like you to open us up in prayer next week. Oh, no, 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 no. No. <laughs> email goes back as fast as I can type no. Say nah. -uh. And again, just for anyone that's listening, you got to understand something. Growing up as a Catholic, okay, my relationship, my prayer time, that's between me and God. There's, there's no praying out loud. That's done by the, by the priest. Right. Um, you know, we, 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 that's just him and I. Um, and when I seen her on, on Friday, I explained that to her. And she's like, I, I understand, I understand. And then I got an email on Saturday. Please pray about it, consider it, and I'll even write the prayer out for you. There's God again. Bam, right upside yep. the head. I mean, it yeah, doesn't get much easier than Did this. Did you kind of feel like Moses a little bit? You know, he was like taking every <laughs> excuse you had away. You know, Father, I don't speak real intelligibly. Yep. You know, I mean. Yep, uh, yep, yep. I mean, knowing what I know now about Moses, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, at the, at the time, I was just like, really? Well, you know, why? Um, so, again, I, I, I go ahead and I, I email her back and said, sure, if you'll if you'll write the prayer out for me, I'll, I'll go ahead and I'll do this. So she... Um, 
that Friday night comes along, she slides me the prayer, you know, gives it to me. I kind of read it and whatnot. And, um, she goes up and she's doing her little like Friday night intro that she does. And, um, as, as just as she's getting ready to introduce me, she goes, Oh, by the way, she says, uh, I need you guys. And she's talking to the kids, you know, uh, and there's probably, I don't know, um, 30 or 40 kids. Again, they range between 13 and 18 for the most part. And how long have you been doing the 13 week program? How far we're, into we're, it? we're probably in week eight or nine eight at or this nine, point. About halfway okay. through. Yeah. There. Yeah. And again, I want to stay in the background. Right. I don't want to be in the front. Okay, Basically you're so. saying, God, I'll do it, but I'm going to do it my way. No, I'm just, uh, yeah, yeah, Originally, yeah, staying yeah. in the background. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah, I didn't really look at it that way, but yeah. Um, so she's up here and, and she is now talking with the kids about um, doing uh, their testimony, uh, doing like a video for a future, um, you know, for the next 13 week program that they're going to do. Um, what they basically do is, is, as they had done this with one of the, one of the young ladies, um, she, you know, gave a little bit of her testimony and talked about how life hurts, God heals, got her through that time frame, And she wanted the kids that were in the group now to consider doing the same thing. And she had made the statement. She goes, you know, you need to consider this. This is definitely going to take you out of your comfort zone. Okay. And, you know, with that, I want to go ahead and introduce Bob. He's going to go ahead and lead us in, in, in prayer. Well, again, this is a God moment because he just hit me as hard as you can imagine with a two by four. When she said, taking you out of your comfort zone, I get the microphone in my hand and, you know, my first words were, sorry, Suzanne, I've got to do something a little different. And I start talking to the kids going, you know, Suzanne spoke to you all about, stepping out of your, you know, stepping out of your comfort zone. I said, I'm not somebody that prays openly. I don't lead in prayer. This is my first time. I said, and I'm sharing this with you because I need you to understand that when you're following God, you're going to be asked to get out of that comfort zone. Amen. Okay. And what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to let the kids see that this is okay. And then I turned around and I said, and, you know, for, for, you know, just so you all know, I said, the prayer that I'm about to do, Suzanne even wrote. I said, because that's how uncomfortable this is for me. Please bow your heads. And I went ahead and I read the prayer. Yet you spoke from your heart. The words just, boom. Just shot off the paper. You didn't rehearse rehearse that, did you? Nope. Um, So I get done and, you know, I kind of, introduce the next person and you know we pass the mic on and I'm going down and the adults are coming up to me going oh you know that was that was awesome great job and blah 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 you know it's like again I just I didn't feel like I did anything spectacular I really didn't I just whatever we we moved on um and then uh, the the following week um she'd asked me to do it again um this time I did it on my own uh there was no written words um had a little bit, a little bit more interaction with the kids, which was kind of good. The group that I'm with after this night, uh, we, we, what you do is you're in like a large group and then you literally broke down into small group because you know, you didn't want teenage boys, 18 years old to be with 13 year old boys. So you really kind of, they, they really boxed it down. Right. Because again, you know, Everyone's hurts and hangups are different, are different, especially yeah. at that age. Yep. Okay. Bet. 
So uh, I'm with the younger group, and uh, what, you know, we, we go into our, our room, and uh, I happen to look over at uh, one of the boys at the time, and he's just like, he's there, but he's not there. There's something really, really bugging him, you know? And so I start talking with him, you know, you know what's going on? And uh, he starts to share with me that, uh, yeah, uh, he's just missing his dad. And, you know, I had asked him, I said, you know, had your dad passed away? He goes, no, no. He goes, he didn't pass away. He goes, he just left us uh, when I was real young. He goes, and I'm just having one of those moments. He says, I see all, all these, you know, uh, adult men here. He goes and kind of just wishing that I had my dad, you know. Was that an instant heartbreak or what? It was an instant heartbreak, but it was also another God moment um, because, you know, I had shared with him something that I had never shared with anybody before. Um, I have a, what I call a, a bio dad. Okay. I have my dad that adopted me at a young age. That is my father. Right. Um, I have a bio dad. And I was explaining this to, to the young men. And, and I said to him, I says, you know, I says, we, we can't, we cannot blame ourselves for what they decide to do. It's not our fault. They didn't leave because of us. They didn't want no interaction because of us. I said, and, you know, I, I, I was fortunate in my early 20s. I actually got to meet my bio dad. And I tried to have a relationship with him. And it was one of those relationships that, you know, as long as I was trying, he was answering. Otherwise than that, it was nothing. A one-way street there, huh? There you go. Yeah. And, you know, meanwhile, while I'm talking with him, there's two other boys that are sitting next to us, and their their mouths are just wide open, and they've got tears coming down as well. Um, and again, similar situation. Their dads have left. They've had no contact with their dad. Um, I turned around, and I looked at I looked at the boys, and I said, you know what? I said, I got to meet my dad or my bio dad, excuse me. Um, he chose not to have a relationship with me even after knowing me. And as far as I'm concerned, that's his loss. Right. He's missing out on a great guy. I have two amazing kids. Yep. He's missing out on. Yep. I said, and when I look at you guys, you guys haven't lost anything. Your dads have lost. Absolutely. They're the ones that don't have you well said, in brother. your life. Very you well. You know? Yep. And, and it was really, it was amazing to see. And it was funny because after I shared that with them, um, I, I literally, I called my mom, um, talked with her the next day. And I basically told her what I had shared. And I said, I hope that didn't offend you. And she, she was like, absolutely not. She goes, I'm glad you were able to share something like that with them, um, you know, and it, and, it, and it helped them, you know. Uh, and again, these are God moments. Um, that's truly what they are. Yeah, now I'm, I'm kind of yeah, hearing that, you know, over this 13-week uh, cycle that you're doing here, God has slowly been stretching you, you know. Oh, yeah. You, you started out, yes, I'll do oh. this. I'll do it my way, but I'll do it. And then he says, no, no, I want you to pray out loud. No, I want you to pray out loud. Okay, fine, I'll do it, but I'll read it. Mm-hmm. 
you know, so I can just in 13 weeks, you've just explained a lot of growth, mm -hmm. you know, yep. and then opening up to those young, those young boys and, you know, telling them something you've never told anybody before, you know, God has stretched you immensely just in 13 weeks. I know. Right. You know, that, and what, what, what we've come to find around here is that as you start saying it, you kind of think back and go, oh yeah, I guess he did. Yep. I guess it was done that time. You <laughs> yeah. don't realize it until yep. you say it. Yep. So, that's right. Yep. Yeah, You're absolutely that's right. right. That's a lot of growth just yep. in, you know, 13 yep. weeks. Yep. Um, I believe it was the same year, later that year, um, my ex-mother-in-law, she had been sick. Uh, and I was actually going on vacation back up to New Hampshire. I was leaving on, I think it was a Friday. My ex-wife flew back on, I think, Tuesday of that week to be with her mom. So when I flew home to New Hampshire, again, I think it was October, November. And again, I, I think it was the same year. I am not exactly positive. I didn't check. Um, but when I got home, I had talked with my mom and uh, my ex-mother-in-law was in a town called Berlin, New Hampshire, which is probably less than an hour away from the Canadian border. Um, actually, it's, it's even less than that. It's probably 30 minutes from the Canadian border. Where I was in Manchester was about a two and a half hour drive. Um, I talked with my mom, told her I wanted to go up, um, even, even though, you know, we were separated, the divorce was coming. Um, she was my mother-in-law for 20 years. I used to tease her all the time that the only the only reason why I married her daughter was to be close to her. <laughs> <laughs> Not too many people can say that she either. Had, she yeah, had to I, love that. Yeah, I mean, but but again, we got along great. We were, yeah. you know, we truly were family, you know? Um, so I said to my mom, I said, I'd like to go up if you don't mind. I'll, you know, take the car and go up. And she goes, uh, I said, you know, if you want to come up with me, you're, you're more than welcome to, but it, you know, she goes, no, she goes, yeah, th that'd be great. So, so we left Sunday morning, we drove up to Berlin, got there and of course, you know, I had to text uh, my wife and said, Hey, do you mind? And she goes, no, no, you know, come on up. We'd, lo we'd love to see you. So I get up there and, uh, my ex-mother-in-law had, you know, uh, finally met a man, um, that, you know, truly made her happy. I was so happy for her. Unfortunately, they didn't have a lot of time together. I, I, it was probably maybe three or five years together, mm -hmm. um, and it's so it's so sad because these these two people just loved each other so much, yeah. and and they you could see you could see each of them light up when the other one walked into the room, you know. Um, so uh, I had gone up, and uh, you know, I mean, again, it was it was one of those moments. Uh, she was in a hos in a hospice bed. Uh, at the, at the house, um, she was, I mean, she was alive. She wasn't really awake. Uh, family would be coming in and out. So yeah, for me, it kind of gave me a chance to kind of say hi to everyone. Um, we're getting ready to leave. And at this time, my, uh, my brother-in-law, Steve, uh, of course, uh, Letty is there, my, my wife. Is my mom. Rainy is Barbara's husband. And, you know, that's all that's there. We're getting ready to head out. And again, for a two and a half hour drive, one of the things you do before you get in the car is you go to the restroom. I'm in the restroom and I'm washing my hands. And I'm in the restroom. And I, the presence of God is so heavy on my heart saying I need to pray. 
and I and, and, and guys, you got to try to picture this. I'm standing over the sink, washing my hands, looking in the mirror, looking up, going, "Really? I don't want to do this. This isn't something I want to do." So pray for the family. Pray, pray, pray for, for everybody. Pray for Barbara. Just just wow. say a prayer before okay. I leave. Sure. You know, and, and I'm just like, I I don't want to do this, and so I finish washing my hands and I, I go out the door and, and as I walk out the door, there's Rainy, Rainy is standing there. And I know that Rainy is a Christian man, a uh, very strong Christian man. Um, so I walk over to Rainy and, and I look up at him and I, and I was like, uh, so we're going to be getting ready to head out. I said, but uh, if you don't mind, I, I'd like to say a prayer for Barbara before I left, before I leave. And as I said that, and I'm looking at him. Now here's a now here's a man in his you know, 70s, maybe 80s, and he's got these big tears that are just rolling down the cheeks of his face. Wow. And he's like, "Oh my God!" He goes, "That that would just be that would just mean so much." And as him and I are talking, in walks my ex-wife. What are you doing? Why is he crying? Why is he so upset? And, and Rainey's you know, like, "Calm down, calm down." Bob's going to pray for us before he leaves. Now, you got to understand something. When he's made that statement, this is something that my wife have, has never seen, never known me to do. Sure. This was brand right. new. Okay. Right? She had no clue. Um, and I looked at her and I said, is that okay with you? And she's like, yeah, I, I guess. Yeah, as long as it's all right with Rainy, sure, we can do this. So we start heading into, we're in the kitchen, we start going into where her little room is, the makeshift room is probably part of the living room, but they've turned it into her room. And as we go in there, my mom's coming in. And again, my mom is a Catholic. Right. She's like, what's going on? I'm like, I can't explain it. Just follow what we do because you're not going to understand it anyway. So she turns around and we walk in and I, I approach Steve. And again, I want to be respectful. I want to, you know, I asked him if it's okay to go ahead and pray. Oh, wow. Yeah, that, that would be absolutely amazing. So I walk on to, let me think, Barbara's right side and grab her hand. And the only other thing that I know is that Rainy is on her left side. I can't tell you where the other three people are. I go ahead and I lead us in prayer. Uh, we say amen. We're finished. Uh, literally, there's not a dry eye in the house, mine included. We walk out. Uh, we say our goodbyes. We walk out. My mom and I walk out. We get into the car. Uh, literally, when you back out of the driveway, you're on this main road. It's Route 12. Um, kind of like, I don't want to say 50 or 27, but that kind of gives you guys the idea. It's not quite that busy, but again, it's the main, the main roadway. We literally back out and mom looks at me and she goes, where in the, where did you learn that? And I said, mom, I don't know. I don't know what I just said. And I had no recollection of what I said. I said that was totally through God. Yep. Everything that came out of my mouth was through the Holy Spirit. I, I can't repeat. I don't know what I said. And to this day, I have no recollection as to what I said. I was going to ask you that because yep. usually when you're called that hard, yep. that fast. Yep. He's got something to say. Yep. He knows you ain't got no words for it. Yep. But he knows, look, I just need you to open your mouth and, yep. and I'll put the words in there. Yep. And, and he did. And like I said, when, it, when I was done, yeah, I was crying. 
and I can't tell you why I was crying, but I was. I mean, I was crying, I think, obviously due to the moment. I mean, again, it was my, my, my mother-in-law, you know, um, regardless of the fact that we were separated or soon to be divorced, this was my mother-in-law. She'd been part of my life for 22 years, actually longer than that, because we were married 22 years. We dated, what, two years before that, you know, so she was a big part of my life. Um, so, you know, we go, we, we, we do it, we drive home and there's not a whole lot to be said. Um, it's cause but God that said o- it all. Yeah. That, yeah. O- that obedience overcame the fear. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. But yep. that had to be a warm fuzzy you couldn't get rid of for a oh, while. Oh yeah. No. I, yeah. It I was, yeah, was no, quite it's, the feeling. yeah, it's, it's one of those things. You're right. You, 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 uh, you don't forget. I just don't, I don't forget it at all. Um, 2000, August, let me think, August 30th. 2012 um and again something that i've learned about myself um when i look back at my life and i've had these like you know drastic changes or you know again the divorce or um i always find something to kind of dive into to occupy my time maybe to hide the hurt to call mm-hmm. it what you want sure when i when i was engaged before i met my wife i when i was engaged um and 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 that didn't work out i dove into little league i became little league coach i was a manager i became league secretary i, I everything was about little league and i had no kids in the league i was probably in my early 20s um here i am now going through the divorce and it's all about church. You know, once, once I got through the, 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 the little spell with the, the, you know, the, the drinking and driving and, and, uh, you know, got into life hurts, God heals and kind of really started focusing. I really started diving into church. Um, and, and I remember, uh, there was, there was a point in time where I, yeah, I, I got to, a, I, I couldn't wait for the weekend to get to church, to get kind of filled up again, you know? Um, then again, I'll give you a God moment, a two by four moment. Um, I got hit beside the head. Hey, why not listen to church in the middle of the week? Okay. So here I am, I'm listening to, um, the daily audio Bible. Um, that's a great app for anyone, um, that, uh, likes, um, wants to get, wants to get filled up every day, daily audio Bible. They do it, um, every day. It's just amazing. Anyway, I'm listening to this every day and I'm not feeling filled up. So I start listening to Justin uh, from Real Life Church. Usually Wednesday, Thursday, I'm listening to, to Justin just to finish my week out on a high note. Right. August 30th, 2012. Um, I'm getting ready for work. I've got my daily audio Bible on my, on my headphones. And... Uh, driving to work. I got to go into uh, Orlando. Um, now at this point, I'm listening to real life church from the previous Sunday. Um, going through the toll plaza on the 408 um, over at Good Homes Road. Uh, sorry for all of you that don't know that area. But um, going through the toll plaza, there's a car on my left side. Now it's about uh, 3.30 in the morning. Um, there's me and another guy on the road. He's in the left lane. I'm behind him in the right lane, but he's got enough room where he can slide in front of me if he needs to. Okay. Uh, listening to, you know, I've got, I've got, uh, Justin on, on my, on my iPad. 
uh, we go through the toll plaza and just as we go through the toll plaza and start to come down this little hill, the red Toyota on my left cuts hard in front of me. Um, for whatever reason, and again, I know the reason, God was with me. Um, rather than me cutting right, I cut left. As I cut left, I can see the red Toyota's rear bumper on my passenger side. I'm looking straight ahead at guardrails. And in my, my peripheral vision, there's like, like a cloud. I don't know what it is. I can't look because I'm looking at guardrail. We're doing about 60. Wow. Um, so I cut the wheel. And as I, as I cut the wheel and I see the guardrail, I'm like, oh, crap. And I start to go, go right again. And I start doing the whole fishtailing like I'm up in New England on an icy road. That's the best way to, to kind of explain it. Um, and and I, I'm yelling to God. I'm praying to God, don't let me roll over. Don't let me flip. And I say that because less than six months ago, I was reading an article and the Jeep that I was driving was rated as in the year that I was driving was rated as the number one yep. rollover yep. in accidents. A real top heavy. Okay. Um, so I kind of fishtailing uh, and I got it under control and, and I feel like I got it under control. And all of a sudden uh, I hit some debris. My uh, driver's tire blows. And as it blows, my head slams up against the window, uh, the, 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 the door window. And, and I remember seeing the, the yellow line and then the, you know how they have the little dot, 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 dot. Yeah. I hearing that and then bam, I slam into the guardrail. And at that point I'm like, okay, it's done. I, you know, I didn't roll. I'm still alive. I thought anyway, I'm still alive. Pretty good. Kind of look around. Um, and I look at my mirror and all I can see in my mirror is a ball of fire. I don't know what's on fire. I don't know how close it is. I don't know if it's me. I just see this ball of fire. So I reach down and I grab my phone to get out of the car and I can't get out on the driver's side because I'm pinned up against the guardrail. So I go to get out on the passenger side. As I go to open the door, I can't even open the door to the first notch. Uh, it's just not opening. So I wiggle my way out and I start walking back up because again, I've drifted from the accident scene. Um, so I start walking a little ways back up to the accident scene and I've got, I called 911 and, um, you know, she's like, you know, what's your emergency? I'm like, I'm really not sure. I, I think I was just in an accident, but something's on fire. I don't know what we need fire and, and, you know, we need emergency personnel. So now I got to try to explain to her where I'm at, um, which I did. And as I'm walking up and I've got them on the, I've still got 911 on the phone as I'm walking up two vehicles. Now we're heading um, eastbound on the 408. Um, there's a large uh, median patch of grass and stuff. And then you get the westbound lane. Two vehicles that were heading west had stopped and actually walked across to see if they could help. One of them was actually a tow truck driver. Oh, wow. And as I'm walking up, I can see the driver um, Mr. Penrose, I can see him pinned between the window and, and the airbags. Um, and the tow truck driver's looking in the back to see if there was anyone else there, you know? So I said to the tow truck driver, you know, you know he's passed. Yeah, he's passed. No, no one in the back. No, no one's in the back. And then I'm looking over at this 
what I now know is a car on fire. And I kind of motioned over. I said, obviously, he goes, yeah, he goes, there's nothing there. Yeah. Okay. So now I hang up a 911 because now, you know, everyone's on the scene. Um, of course, they want to take me away and I, I'm fine. I, I, I don't need to go to the, the hospital. I, I feel fine. I'm okay. Um, didn't make uh, emergency personnel too thrilled at that point. Um, but again, I felt like I was fine. It's a little bit after four. Um, I'm standing on the side of the road and I remember praying. Um, I remember thanking God for being alive. And I remember, I remember praying to him and I remember saying, I don't need to be a millionaire from this accident. All I'm asking for is my life. I want my life to be exactly what it was before the accident moving forward. And again, I feel fine, at least in my mind. Um, that's when adrenaline's all taken over. That's, and that's exactly what it was. That's yeah. exactly what it was. It took a good pop to the noggin. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, I don't think that I lost consciousness when I hit the window. I'm pretty sure that I didn't. Obviously, I don't know. Um, what I do know is is that I was the first one to call the accident in to 911. Um, I remember standing on the side of the road after after praying, um, and, and I'm just I, I'm 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 standing here, and I'm like I should call someone, but I felt like I didn't know who to call. Yeah, you know, I can't call. Can't, I've got a son and a daughter. It's four. 15, 4.30 in the morning, I, I, I can't call them. And they have no way of getting here. I mean, the road's closed. Everything's shut down. Right. You know? Um, my phone rings. I look, I was like, oh, it's my, my ex-wife. Well, I say my ex-wife. We're separated at the time. Um, and the phone's ringing. Ironically, she works for Frito-Lay also. I'm a salesperson. She's what they call a merchandiser. So she goes into like Walmart where they just drop all the stuff. She loads everything up. The salesperson goes on to the next store. Okay. Um, she does this with you know, Walmart and a couple of Publixes at the time. So my phone's ringing and I, hello, what, you know, what do you need? And her response is, what do you mean? What do I need? You called me twice. And I'm looking at my phone going, no, uh, I didn't call you. No way did I call you. She's like, yeah, you called me twice. What's going on? Wow. And at that point, at that point, I'm like, um, well, I says I was just in, a, in an accident. I said, and uh, I said I'm okay. I said, but uh, you know, it looks like uh, probably at least two people were killed, and that's wow. what it was. Two people were killed, and I wow. survived. Um, and her reaction was, you know, uh, all right, where are you at, and I'll be there. And she literally did. She didn't go into the Publix. She she was walking in. She turned around and came out to where I was at. Um, after we hung up, I looked at my phone. And again, I, I, I say this meaning absolutely no disrespect. Okay? Because when I looked at my phone, I had called her twice. And I've got um, a brother that lives here in Orlando. And him and I uh, kind of kind of had a little falling out. This was August. We had a falling out like in February. So we really hadn't been speaking a whole lot, you know, and I'm looking at my phone. Did you call him too? I called him too. <laughs> yep. 
I called her. I called him. Oh, I called well. her, and then I called her back. And no recollection. And I, to this day, coinky dink. To this day, I have no recollection. If you ask me, I'll tell you. There's no way I called them. And as I said to them, meaning no disrespect, you were the last two people on earth that I would have called. I just wouldn't. I just wouldn't. Again, mm. in my mind. Right. Right. Obviously, sure. I did though, because my phone showed it. My phone showed that I called. I don't know. Um, so I was, we're standing there and, um, my ex-wife is, is, is with me now. And, uh, I, I don't realize it, but the whole time that I'm standing there, I'm, I'm rubbing my neck, the back of my neck, my shoulders. I, I, the whole time. And, uh, one of the paramedics comes, comes walking over and kind of chime, kind of adds herself into the conversation. Um, and she says, you know, she says, I've been watching you for the last 15 minutes. She says, and you've been rubbing your, your neck and your shoulders the whole time. She says, I really wish you'd let us call some, you know, call the ambulance back and get you in to make sure that you're okay. I was like, no, I said, I'm fine. I, I said, I should hurt. I was just in an accident. By the way, um, little side note. Uh, I started driving at 16. That's my first accident. I've never had a fender bender. Nothing. Wow. Nothing. That's go big or go home. Yeah, yeah. you got that right. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't um, go home though. Yeah. No. Yeah, no. So so I'm like, I, I should hurt. I should be sore. I said, and again, I'm just thinking that that's the logic. Yeah, sure. And, and then and then then the ex-wife starts yammering in as well. And I, I looked at both of them and I was like, look, if it'll shut you guys up, I'll go. I'll go to the hospital. <laughs> just just stop. Uh, so they end up taking me, um, at some point, kind of, kind of lost in the time frame at this point, but, uh, my ex-wife had, had called the kids, let the kids know what was going on. Also, you know, this was, uh, this happened at, at 3.40 in the morning. This was breaking news at five o'clock here in Orlando. Right. When all the news stations hit. I mean, 408, which is one of the main, main roads, it's shut down at this at this uh, toll plaza you know so of course the kids got it on tv um you know and, and i'm telling uh, my ex-wife and, and the, to tell the kids you, you can't put anything on facebook because my family's all up in new hampshire right yeah i mean send them into panic yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah you know um so uh i get a message on my phone from a friend at real life we had we were at, we'd actually done uh the uh life hurts god heals together um and she just said heard about the accident praying for you and i again for me this is this is a god thing because how does she even know right yeah how does she know you know i gotta call my mom now you gotta understand something um and I'm not ashamed to say this in the least. My mom and I, my mom is my best friend. We, we talk three, four, sometimes seven times a week, every day. You know, we're extremely close. Um, I've got to call and reassure her that I'm okay. And, and where are you at this point? Are you still on the side of the I'm road? I'm still on the side of the highway. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Um, I, I, if I had to guess a time frame, um, 
I'm thinking it was probably somewhere between six and six thirty. Um, but you haven't agreed to go to the hospital at yet. At this point, so I hadn't gone. Yeah, that. yeah, okay. yeah. Um, you know, because again, like I said, I've got a. I, you know, so what I do is, uh, my sister owns the house, and my mom lives on the second floor. So I called my sister first, trying to catch her before she left for work, and as only God would make sure of. She was in the driveway, um, getting into her car. And her reaction was, you know, what's going on? Because the time of the day, obviously there's something wrong. Right. So I told her what happened. I told her how I was in a car accident. Um, two people were killed. Uh, I survived. I'm doing fine. I'm probably going to be going to the hospital, but I feel fine. I said, but if you don't mind... I need you to go upstairs because yeah, I got obviously I got to call mom. I got to let her know what's going on. Um, so yeah, and she agreed. She goes upstairs, and meanwhile, mom being mom, you know, she got her face in the window trying to figure out who who Terry's talking to at this time of day. Mm-hmm. Um, Terry goes in, and I then call my mom. Kind of reassure her that everything was fine, and, and you know, of course, you know, as moms do, they kind of, you know, you, you'd just be telling me that. No, mom, I wouldn't. So trust me, if 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 I need you here, you'll be the first one to know. I'm gonna be fine. Okay, so we hang up, and again, my sister assures her that, you know, if she needs to be down here, she'll be on the next flight. No, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. I go to the I go to the emergency room. Uh, they, when they call the ambulance to come and get me, and I'm standing, now I'm, up, I'm upright. And a paramedic is telling me, we're going to come over, we're going to put a collar on your neck, we're going to put a board behind your back. And I just looked at her, and I was like, why? I'll just climb onto the gurney. I'm standing up, I'm fine. Nope, nope, nope. We need to make sure we're going to put a neck, uh, a collar on your neck. We're going to put the board on your back, and you need to trust us. Like, what do you mean? She goes, once the board is there, we want you just to lay back. We've got the board. Don't worry. Gentlemen, that is the oddest thing you'll ever go through in your life. <laughs> trust me, because it was. Put me up. Uh, strap me in. We go to the emergency room. I, they never put me into a, a, a room. I was in the hallway the whole time. Right. Um, they finally had to get the board out from under my back because um, I, again, my, my ex-wife had followed us down and I told her, I said, I'm leaving. I said, I, I've got to get off. I mean, this board is killing me. So they take, they remove the board. Then they take me out to x-rays. They come back. I swear to God, they didn't take my blood pressure. The whole time I was there, they never took my blood pressure. Brought me in for x-rays, took me out, said I was good to go. See ya. That was my thoughts too. Got home. Um, got home. We drove by the accident scene. We drove back by the accident scene. Um, and they still had the roads closed down. It was probably all of 8.30, 9 o'clock. Wow. It was that quick that I was in and out of the hospital. Okay. 
Um, we go by the accident scene. We get home. My son's home. My daughter's there. Um, obviously, very thankful. I'm sore that day. Go to bed. Friday morning. It's my birthday. Huh. Happy birthday. <laughs> yep. It's my birthday. Um, so that's those two things, obviously, for that reason, that I'll never, I'll never forget the day right. of the accident. Um, anyway, so we get up uh, in the morning. Of course, kids wish me happy birthday. And, and I'm like, uh, actually not me, but uh, I think it was my son said, hey, let's go out for breakfast. And I was like, you're buying? Yep. So, all right, let's go. I'm yeah. in. Can't pass up a free Can't meal. Can't pass up no, a free you got meal. that right. Now, obviously, my car is nowhere to be found. My car's been told. Right. Um, we're walking out of the house. And I looked at my daughter. I said, give me your keys. They both stopped dead in their tracks. And they looked at each other. And they looked at me. And they were like, uh, no, we'll drive. No, I need to drive. I need to get behind the wheel and drive. I need to know that I'm okay to drive. You know, the time, the neighborhood we lived in um, was, uh, I can't even think of it, Quell Valley. So uh, it's at like the bottom of the, uh, the bottom of the hill. Right, so there's really steep. a really steep hill, but, yeah. and we're down in there a ways. And as I said to the kids, I said, look, I said, think about it. If I can't drive, we're in a great neighborhood where I can pull over and you guys can take over. Oh, and guess what? You're with me. Wouldn't you rather be with me the first time I'm driving than me be on, you know, be alone? All right. Okay. Yeah, hard, hard to argue with that. So so we get in the car. I'm, I'm driving. My son's in the passenger seat. My daughter's in the back. Um, we start driving. And me being me, you know. So how am I doing? Okay. We're good, right? <laughs> and I was. I was fine. I, you know, we drove to the restaurant. We had breakfast, whatever. Um, so it was. You know, that was good. Get back on that horse. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, I'm trying to figure out you know, what to do. I don't know what to do. I've never been in the accident before, as I said. Um, you know, trying to figure out. I mean, I spent part of Thursday trying to figure out, do I call an attorney? Do I, I get, what do I do? Who do I call? I yeah. called my insurance and, and tried to get some advice from the insurance people. Um, and and uh, what, I, what I found out was back on the, on the accident scene, I'm sorry. Um, what, basically what happened was a 24-year-old decided life wasn't worth living because his girlfriend was breaking up with him. So he decided to drive westbound in the eastbound lane of the 408 in a black Hyundai with his lights out. Oh, wow. So neither of us, literally neither of us seen him until it was too late. Right. Um, and, and I truly believe that, again, um, you know, God was watching over me because what I believe to have happened was when Mr. Penrose, he was in the car on, on my left. Um, he was driving the red Toyota. I believe that when he seen the car, he cut his wheel to the left and, or excuse me, to the right. And by cutting his wheel to the right, of literally avoided them from hitting like, like head on, head on. Right. You know, he, he still hit him head on, but it was more as he was driving away. And because of that, my life was spared. 
I believe that should they have hit direct head on at their point of impact, I would have been right on the side of them. There's not a doubt in my mind. You know, um, to me, God navigated it where Mr. Penrose went to my right and he guided me to go left to avoid Mr. Penrose. That's the only thing I can think of. Right. It truly is. Um, Friday, I'm off. Saturday, I'm off. Sunday, I go back to work. Somewhere along the line, I think I got a rental car. Uh, Sunday, I went to work. I worked again at Frito-Lay. Um, I went in. I, I was sore. I was planning a short day. Just go in and do what I got to do. Uh, my short day ended up being an eight-hour day. I hurt so bad. There wasn't, a, uh, there wasn't a, uh, an ounce of my body that didn't hurt. Um, my boss was on vacation. I felt like I had to be at work because we're already down. Other people, you know, we don't have coverage. I'm just going to work. I go to work. Uh, I set up a, a short day for Monday. Again, short day was an eight-hour day. Wasn't supposed to be. I just couldn't move to, to be able to do what I needed to do. Now, during all this pain that you're going through, yep. I've, I've had experience. I've, I was in a really bad car accident a while back. Was there, were you calling out to Christ? Were you, were you seeking him to, to help ease some of this pain as you were going through it? Probably ease the pain. Yeah. yeah. Um, I say probably because I, I mean, I don't recall. I, I just remember the pain that I was, in. I remember hurting. You know, um, again, was I angry? No, I wasn't angry. There was, there wasn't any, I was thankful to be alive. I, I, I was thankful to be alive. I'll deal with this. Thank you for sparing my life. Yeah. Again, I was thankful to be alive, but I also didn't understand why I was alive. Right. That, that, that will come to later on, but that was really huge as well. Mm -hmm. So I go to work on Monday, get out of work. And when I get out of work on Monday, um, one of the supervisors, well, my boss's boss happened to be in, in the, in the, what we call a settlement room. And of course, yeah, everybody knew about the accident that I was in. So you go to work and you're getting thousands of questions from coworkers. And again, it was, they, they were great. You know, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was all good. It really was. Yeah. Best of intentions. People it, who thank care. you. They're, they're, that's what I was trying to get. Thank you. Um, and so, uh, again, uh, Greg, uh, is my boss's boss and him and I, we're, we're talking and, um, he says, yeah, he says, um, so it's strange how things are. He says, uh, my wife is a uh, teacher over at Windermere Elementary. And uh, she, uh, she was at school on Friday and called me because uh, one, or, one of the teachers at the school, her husband was killed in a car accident mm. Friday morning. Mm. And when, when they told her, I guess you could hear, it, it wasn't, it wasn't a cry. It was, it was a wail throughout the school. Right. Come to find out, um, in talking with Greg, uh, that morning, uh, when they finally started letting cars pass and we've all gone by car accidents. Right. Do you not look? Sure. You always look. Somebody looks, goes by, picks up the phone. Hey, mom, have you heard from dad today? Mm. No, no. He starts early. So I don't usually hear from him. Why? What's going on? Uh, just thinking about him. Wondering if you heard from him. Nope. Okay. Have a good day. Love you. 
and he gets off the highway. This was, he gets off on the Hiawassee exit, which was basically the next exit. For those that don't know, it's the next exit um, after the accident. He gets off and gets right back on, going in the westbound lane, parks, and starts to cross over to the highway. And of course, state troopers are stopping him. And he says, uh, no, you don't understand. He says, I, I think that might be my dad. I think that's my dad's car. Mm. And um, he comes over and, you know, they hadn't, they hadn't moved, moved him out yet. They were still waiting for the coroner's office. Uh, and sure enough, yep, the, the, that was his dad. Mm. Um, so uh, he identified his dad, you know, and they turned around and went to Windermere Elementary so that they could tell his mom. Which, I, and again, it's to me, this is how God works. It just is, you know, because, I mean, what are the odds that, you know, my boss's wife works there? Right. You know, uh, so as, as, as he's telling me all of this, uh, he told me that they were having Mr. Penrose's funeral was going to be Friday. Or excuse me, was going to be Wednesday. And uh, I asked him where it was. Um, he said, thanks. And I went home. And, of course, my kids are there. And they're wanting to know how I'm doing and blah, blah, blah. And, and I looked at the kids. And I said, uh, yeah. I said, I found out the gentleman, the gentleman that was killed going in my direction. Uh, his name is uh, Mr. Penrose, uh, Thomas Penrose. And uh, I said, they're having his uh, funeral service on Wednesday. And I'm going. And both my kids, without skipping a beat, were going with you. Um, that moment that they said they were going with me was one of those, um, I guess, I don't know, I, the only way I can put it is, is, is it, was a, it was a proud moment for them to, to not want their dad to go through that alone. Right. I, you know, and I looked at them and I argued with them. I'm like, you know, you both got to work. Said, There's no point. I said, I'm just going to, I'm just going to stop in. I says, be short and quick. And I, nope, nope, we're going with you. So we went, um, due to timing and just traffic by, and the plan was, was to go, they were going to have like a little, um, wake before and then the memorial service. I just wanted to go in for the wake, pay my respects to Mr. Penrose, pay my respects to the family and be gone. Right. That's really all I wanted. That was what my intention was. By the time we got there, the funeral service had just started. And the kids were looking at me going, well, what do we do? I said, well, sit down for the service. <laughs> we're not leaving. Right. You know, I need to do what I need to do. So after the service was done, and I, I mean, just some of the things that I heard about this man, about what a godly man he was. He had been a deacon at the church. His wife, you know, they'd been married for you know, 30 or 40, probably 40 years, 40 or 50 years. Um, it, it pillars the community. You know, he'd been, I mean, he, he used to go into work that time of day so that he could get his work done so that when the younger colleagues came in at 8 o'clock, he would be available to help them if they needed it. He did this on a regular basis. You know, um, that's why he was going to work that day, that time of day. Uh, after the service was done, I went up to where the casket was and they had a nice picture of him and I said a prayer. 
Uh, meanwhile, you know, I, I'm heading to the front and everybody else is heading to the back of the church. Uh, I, I, again, I go say my prayer and stuff, and I just want to go up to his wife and I want to extend my condolences. And I'm thinking, you know, this will be really quick. And as we're getting up to the front, and again, my mind's a fog. As we get up to the front, it's like this line. What is this line for? Why isn't it moving? I just want to go. I really want to go. So I kind of said to the kids, just follow me. And we kind of bypass the line and get to the end. And at this point, I realize, duh, what's going on? They're, the line is to pay their respects to the family. But again, I wasn't thinking that way. I don't know what I was thinking. So I get to the end of the line. Um, the One of the sons was at the end of the line, and his mom was right next to him. And I excused myself and kind of told him who I was, told him, you know, obviously I was the one that survived. Um, I want to extend my, my condolences. I said to you, I said, please, 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 please let your mom know that I was here. I said, that's really what my purpose is. I just want to extend my condolences. You, I can't explain to anyone how, how horrible that I felt because I'm alive and, and this, this man here isn't. It's that and survivor's guilt. It was the survivor's guilt. But, but I'm sitting here and, I, and I'm thinking in my head after listening to, to all the things that he has done for God in my walk is I don't even want to say it's an infant state compared to what he was at. I was like, why? I, I can't I can't explain this. I can't I can't put my arms around this two-headed monster to save my life. Hmm. Can I figure it out? Anyway, he he thanked us for coming by. He invited us to the um gathering afterwards. I was like, nope, nope, nope. I said that that's your time for you and your family. I says, I thank you, but you know, I'm gonna go. So we leave. Uh, this is Wednesday. Thursday's my last day of work. So I go in and, and I slug through work on Thursday. Got Friday, Saturday, and I go back to work on Sunday. F Saturday, I go to church. Um, let me back up one moment. The previous Saturday, the Saturday after church, um, or excuse me, the Saturday after the accident, so it would be September 1st, I go to church. Uh, I got a lot of thanking right at this point. Um, so at the end of church, we have what's called prayer partners up the front. And uh, a friend of mine, Jack, is one of, one of the prayer partners. And I told Jack as I was coming in, I'm like, I, I need to see you after church. He goes, you know where to find me. So uh, good. Okay. Sorry. Um, so I see Jack and I'm like, uh, I, you need to see me. I said, I'll see you after church. And so... After church gets done, we I go up front and uh, I, I look at Jack and uh, I start telling Jack what had happened. I said, and, and I can't, I don't know why I'm here. I said, I'm I'm baffled. Um, I said, I, I need you to pray, pray with me, pray for me. I said, yeah, help help me make sense of this. Um, and again, I've been talking with Jack as a prayer partner several times. This wasn't my first go around with him. So we're sitting at the at the front. And uh, I remember hearing Fritzy say this one time, and I knew exactly what he was talking about. I'm talking to Jack, tell Jack what, what, what I had gone through. And Jack starts talking to me. And 
as Jack is talking to me, there's this light, this glow. I don't know how to explain it, but you know, it's, it's, it's wailing over, over, over Jack. And Jack just looks at me and he's like, my friend, he says, God's got something absolutely amazing that he needs you to do. And I just hope that I'm around to see it. And with that, we went into prayer. Um, the following Saturday, a week later, I go back to church and uh, Dr. Barnes is one of our pastors, but he's also a, um, I believe, a, a psychologist or something like that, therapist. Yeah. Um, and he leads our um, one of the ministries um, at the church. Um, and so I, I go over to him and, and I start, you know, I, I tell him what happened. And, and again, I'm trying to understand. I don't know. I, I, I don't know why I'm here. I can't, I can't put a finger on it. Don't know what's going on. It, it seems real weird. Um, and you know, Dr. Barnes starts asking me some, some questions. He asked me if I'm suffering like from PT, PTSD. I don't even know. I, I wouldn't know what to look for. Yeah. So he starts asking me some questions and, and he says to me, he says, uh, you know, through all the questions, one of the things he asked me, he says, are you able to talk about the accident? I'm like, he, me talk. Yeah, I can talk. So I can talk about anything, anytime. He goes, he goes, that's one of the things that, um, a lot of PTSD sufferers go through is they can't talk about it. it they, they harbor it. It, it. it stays in. He says, so the more you're able to talk about this, the easier it, it will be. And hopefully there'll be that, you know, you won't go through that PTSD. Okay, fine. So I, I'm good with that. I'm able to do that. Uh, the next day I go back to church because now I need to talk to Justin because Justin's our lead pastor. And as Justin will tell you, he's got the red phone to God. He knows you know, how many times have we heard him say that, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, most definitely. So, so, so I go in and, and, and talk to Justin and, and, you know, I said, the first words out of my mouth, Justin says, I'm sure you heard about the accident. He goes, yeah, no. He goes, we don't, we don't have cable at the house. He goes, I, I, I don't see news. Tell him about the accident. And he looks at me and he goes, he goes, you got to understand something. He says, I don't want to hear that you've gone away on a mission trip. That's not why you're still here. He says, and I just kind of looked at him kind of like bewildered going, huh? He says, a lot of people that go through things like you went through where, you know, you wonder why you're here and, and somebody else is not. Why, why were you spared? He goes, they take that as a call to a mission trip. He said, God will let you know what he needs you to do when the time is right. He says, you have to trust in God. Okay. Trusting God is what I'll do. Um, my daughter lives with me. She has two kids. Um, their current ages are, uh, let me think here, they're going to kill me, six and uh, six and eight. Uh, other ages, and Michaela was born in March of 2013. My accident again was in 2012. Uh, as of right now, that's why God spared my life. 
um, because I've not taken a mission trip. You know, I'm very much involved in, you know, my daughter's life, my son's life, my granddaughter's lives. Uh, I try, I, 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 as I said to my daughter many times, I am here, you're, you're their parent, you're their mom. Um, their dad is uh, married to somebody else, uh, different, just a different subject that uh, may come up another time. Anyway, uh, I, and as, as I've said to her, I says, I'll fill in the gaps. I'll fill in the gaps. You know, uh, daddy-daughter dance comes and daddy can't be here. I'm here. You know, that's, that's what I'm here for. Well, it, it seems pretty clear to me that, you know, you wonder what your purpose is here. And the gentleman that, that passed away in that accident, you, you talk about all the stuff that he had done, everything that he had already done. Well, God said, this is what I've got for mm-hmm. him. He is done. It's your turn to continue. Right. Amen to that, right? So like you said, you know, God lines you up with life hurts, God heals with all these younger boys, yep. you know, in the past, prepping you for your current role. Yep. So you dealt with these kids that, you know, didn't have dads. Dads were gone. They were crushed. They were hurt. You know, you helped them through that. So now you're doing it for your own grandchildren. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's when you kind of look back at it, it it's kind of apparent you know, you can see the sequences and yep. how it is and how it's happening and that that is your purpose. That's why you're here right yep. now. That's why he had you in Life Hurts, God Heals. That's why he put you through all those steps because he knew what he was going to have you do. Yep. 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 I showed agree. him triumph in the tragedy. That's for sure. Yep. I totally, I totally agree. Um, in, uh, bear with me a moment here. February. February uh, 18, 2014, uh, my stepdad passed away. Uh, my mom, that was my, actually, that was my mom's third marriage. She was married to my dad for five years, had a second marriage for 10. Um, my, her third marriage, Frank was his name. Uh, Frank was in my life probably since I was about 14 years old. Um, my dad was always part of my life, but Frank was there every day. Frank, um, Frank would never allow us to call him dad because as he said, you have a dad. Right. Yeah. But he truly played the role in the household of dad. Um, you know, with my, both my brother and I, um, he had passed away. He passed away. Um, like I said, uh, February and uh, that that Sunday before he passed he had been he had just come down with pneumonia he had Alzheimer's uh, for a good five to seven years that we know of he was in the nursing home came down with pneumonia Uh, my daughter was seeing someone at the time uh, got into a little bit of trouble himself so I said I said to Jen I said hey let's go to you know we were at church I said after church, I said, let's go up to the prayer partners. I said, we'll go talk to Jack and have him, have him pray for, for Pepe and, and, and your friend. So we did. Actually, Jack wasn't there. It was somebody else. So we go up to the prayer partner afterwards and, and we kind of tell a prayer partner what's going on about my stepdad. 
and we tell him about Jen's friend, prays for Jen's friend, and then he prays for Frank, and uh, he ends Frank's prayer with, and God, your will be done. Right. He didn't end Jen's friend's prayer that way, but he ended Frank's prayer with, God, your will be done. And I walked out. Um, actually, this was on a Saturday night. I apologize. This was Saturday night. I walked out with this overwhelming peace that Frank was going to pass away. To the point where I went home, there was a blizzard that was coming through up in uh, up north. Uh, so I'm start, starting to try to find a, a flight as to when I can get home. Because I knew he wasn't going to make it. Just... Again, it was that, that, that comfort, that peace that God gives you. Right. So I go home. I book a flight. Uh, because of the, the storm and everything, I was able to get a flight on Wednesday, um, February 19, 219. <laughs> um, and I go home. And I, again, Frank passed away on the 18th, which was Tuesday night. Uh, I get home. And I, my sister's brother-in-law was actually the funeral director. So I had, you know, talked with my sister and said, hey, can you please make sure that, um, you know, they don't do anything with Frank until I get up there. I, I want to see him before they take him away. So we get up there, go to the nursing home, I uh, go to the funeral home. We're making arrangements. Um, I mean, yeah, everything is pretty much done. We're just finalizing all the arrangements. And um, it was actually the funeral director's son was taking care of everything, which was, again, my sister's nephew. And uh, Patrick looks at everyone and he says, you know, um, and we weren't doing a big church service. It was just going to be done at the funeral home. They were bringing in um, a, pa a priest uh, to do everything right at the funeral home. And uh, my mom and I had talked in the past about you're doing me doing like a eulogy or talking or something. And I had always told her, I said, that's your call. That's not mine. If you, you if that's something you want me to do, I'll do it. You got to understand something. Um, Frank and my mom had been married for somewhere between 20 and 25 years. Frank's previous wife, they were married for 25 years. His kids, I played little league baseball with when we were, you know, in other words, you know, my mom and him didn't know each other, but yet we, we knew each other is growing up. So now we're adults and we don't get, when I say we don't get along, they, they want nothing to do with us. Right. And again, I get it. I, you know, I mean, I, I can't say I get it, but it is what it is. So they're at the funeral, uh, the funeral for Frank and we're doing, we're doing the arrangements and, uh, Patrick, you know, asks if anyone's going to talk and everyone looks right at me. Um, and I looked over at my mom and I'm like, that's up to you. If you want me to, I will. If you don't, I don't have to. And she can't decide. So I looked over at Patrick. I said, is this something we have to decide now? Or can we wait till Saturday at the funeral? We can wait till Saturday. Okay. So we waited till Saturday. Meanwhile, Friday night, uh, Frank was always a, uh, Budweiser drinker. I love the 16 ounce Budweiser. I went to the store trying to find him a Budweiser uh, bottle. I, 
be able to find one. Come home, mom looks at me, she goes, what are you going to do with that? You'll see. <laughs> so the next morning, we go to the funeral home, and they've got his urn up with a picture of him and my mom next to the urn. And I take the bottle of beer, and I put the bottle of beer right next to the urn. Because, again, anyone that knows Frank, that's what Frank always had. He had a bottle of beer, a bottle of Budweiser, 16 ounce. Now, so uh, priest comes in, and now they're trying to decide uh, if I'm going to talk. And mom says, yeah, that would be nice. So I said, fine, I'll talk. Priest goes up and he does his, says what he wants to say. And then he calls me up. Now, I've got a room full of people, family and friends that are obviously close to my mom and Frank, up in like the front. And in the back area standing up is Frank's kids and all of, you know, their friends and family that are representing, you know, them. And again, one of... One of the fears in my head was that, you know, they would get up and say something and not be very kind, mm -hmm. you know, uh, again, just because of the way the situation was. So I got up and uh, I started talking about Frank and just, you know, what he meant to my life, what he meant to you know, a lot of people's lives. I didn't have anything written down. It was just, again, uh, to me, it was one of those God moments because I knew I couldn't look down at the front row. Because, you know, my sisters were there crying. My daughter was crying. So I'm looking beyond everyone, um, saying what I got to say. And I get done, and I walk over to the urn, and I grab the bottle of beer, and I said, Frank, you know, we'll all be here, you know, in memory of you. Yeah, And, and, you, I, and you, I held the beer up. You toasted him. Frank. I you, did. You, you said something <laughs> a, a few moments ago where you said the, the prayer ended with, thy will be done. You yep. know, and you, you stop and you take a step back and you think about the Lord's Prayer. Uh, and we are taught, thy will be done. Yep. And as I, as I look at your journey and I, I think about everything you've shared with us here tonight, it's been God's will yep. every step of the way. Yep. And it's not ours to understand here in this world. Mm -hmm. Our time will come. Yep. But you followed God's word. You followed God's will. And he's put you here with us today. So. Gosh, thanks for coming out and sharing your testimony tonight. We're going to have to have Bob back for a part two. Absolutely. Because <laughs> I, I don't think he got to the punchline yet, but uh, we've been in about an hour and 45 minutes, and we appreciate everybody that's been hanging out with us for that long. So Definitely. We'll have Bob back for a part two. Let me know I when. I definitely see uh, what, what you said, Ray. I mean, there's a pattern there. Yeah, there's, and, it's uh, definitely sequential. You can see, uh, you know, because I, I like to take notes as we do this, and you can see each and every linear step that he puts you, you know, setting you up, getting you ready for your ultimate, you know, journey, ultimate goal that he wants you to have. You know, we, we never circled back to it, but it, it really struck me that you were baptized the first Saturday in 2009, and just a few short months later, you you separated, right? Yep. And, and you still think about every step, every detail yep. has been lined up for you. Yep. 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 And I see them so in the family together. Yep. You know, having yep. a relationship with the kids and mm -hmm. all of that. Yep. Through all this tragedy, there's triumph in the yep. midst of it. Amen. Amen. I mean, I'll add one more thing to what you just said when it comes to family. Um, you know, my my granddaughter's father, okay, um, you know, served in the military, uh, came out of the military. His wife is actually in the military. They're right now serving up in Virginia. His mom and dad and sisters, that's our extended family. Annalise is um, nine years old, I believe. Again, my, my, my brain is a little mush right now, but yes, yeah, she's nine years old. Um, since she was a year old, 
we have celebrated Christmas, Thanksgiving, and Easter all together. All together. That's awesome. That's amazing. Yeah. You know, both it grandparents, is. both parents. I mean, just, yeah. Yep. That's beautiful. Bob, will you come back for part two? Definitely. Yeah, we'll, we'll have you back yep. and, we'll, and we'll, uh, we'll continue the story. Be happy to. Man, I want to thank my two co-hosts, Joe and, and Ray. I mean, gosh, it's been great hanging out with you tonight. You guys, did a, you guys did a great job. And speaking well, of family, you. if you guys would remember my wife in prayer, I would greatly appreciate it. The poor thing is uh, really suffering with some issues with blood pressure and headaches and nausea and just the whole package. It's, uh, it's always tough when you can't get that uh, that finite answer as to what's going on. So. I know. Isn't that for real? Mm. That's for sure. But we know the great physician, so I'm not going to worry. Amen to that. Amen. Amen, Amen to that. Wow. Well, uh, if you like what you heard tonight, drop us a line at godstoriesradio at gmail.com. You can also like us on Facebook. And as Mikey says, you can twit us on Twitter. And uh, we just appreciate it. Thank you for all the support, the prayers, and the likes. We greatly appreciate it. Thank you for those that push the button every now and then. Every chunk of change helps because the, the tax man cometh at the end of the year. So we just appreciate all of you. Well, that about wraps it up for session 219. I'm Fritz. I'm not Mike. And I'm not Tina. Amen. Well, God bless you. Anything that is not of you and is of me I want more of you and less of me Fire burn away my desire for anything that is not of you and is of me. I want more of you and less of me. Of me, I want more of.